Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. It's Fee Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's Fight Against Cancer. Welcome to the jump fueled by Marathon. Today's opening tip. So the Yankees and pitcher Garrett Cole agreed to a nine-year, $324 million deal last night. Scotty, there's no hard salary cap in baseball. I just want to know, are you reconsidering all of your life choices? Yes, I am. I would love to play <laughs> baseball. I could still be playing now, Rachel. Yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> all right. Nine-year contract. Who would you sign in the NBA to a nine-year contract? Definitely Giannis, right? Yeah. Paul okay. George. Paul George wow, now? Okay. okay. Luka Doncic. You'd yeah. sign Luca to Pretty a nine-year deal Pretty after young. just a season and a third of seeing what he I'll could bet do? The, I'll bet if you gave Dallas a chance, they'd do it. I think that's <laughs> true. <laughs> no question. Mark Cuban's like, where is my checkbook? Because I can do that, no problem. In fact, I think he could give him $324 million cash. So I think that would be right. <laughs> Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols. Today, I'm joined by our insider, host of the Hoop Collective podcast, Mr. Brian Winhorse. That's right. And, of course, the man who gets all the applause, six-time champion, Hall of Famer, Mr. Scotty Pippen. Always so good to have you back. Coming up, we're going to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is out for the Bucks tonight with a quad injury. Bucks trying to make it 16 straight wins. What can we expect from Milwaukee tonight without the MVP? We will get to that. First, though, they all leave. For a long time, that was the knock on the Raptors and their stars, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, Chris Bosh. No matter how much Toronto loved them, eventually they all walked out the door. And, of course, you can add Kawhi Leonard's name to that list, but you would have to put a very big asterisk next to it. The Kawhi experience was so different from the rest, which is why it's going to be so different tonight when Kawhi comes back to Toronto for the first time since joining the Clippers. When T-Mac and Vince came back for the first time, they got booze. When Kawhi comes back, he'll get a ring with more than 650 diamonds in it. A little difference there. Part of an elaborate pregame ceremony in which the Raptors will honor the man who led them to their first ever title. Now, at shoot-around this morning, Kawhi said he wouldn't be surprised if he also heard some boos. But honestly, I can't imagine it. Yes, Kawhi is the first Finals MVP to lead his team less than a month after winning a title. But he did it without any spite. And he also made a point this morning of saying how strongly he did consider staying. Uh, I gave a big consideration. Uh, you know, I took my time like I did. I didn't hurry up and make a quick decision. You know, I talked to the front office in um, deep detail, and I mean, it was, it was a hard choice to make. The truth is, everyone in Toronto knew from the start that more likely than not, they were on borrowed time. Kawhi wasn't drafted there, didn't ask to come there, only had a year left on his deal when he was jettisoned up north as part of that ugly divorce from the Spurs. And the entire time he played in Toronto, he never, not once, fell into the trap that some players do when they feel pressure to please the home fans. He never made any promises about the future or even discussed it publicly, never gave anyone false hope. What he did do, though, was buy in. He listened to the coaching staff. He bonded with his teammates. Who can forget this amazing moment with Serge Ibaka? I'm here with Fun Guy. Where's tomorrow? Fun Guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. And when the postseason came around, he played through injury over and over. He also just flat out balled against the Bucks in the conference finals. Woo. 
Yeah, I'll just do that, please. Thank you very much. Wow. And then against the Warriors, again. And, of course, before any of that, against Philadelphia in the second round. You already know that Game 7 winner that Kawhi hit over the Sixers, the one that bounced and bounced before falling into the net and into history, is going to be a big part of the tribute video that the Raptors are going to show tonight. Well, here's a little sneak peek of that video. Is this the dagger? Shout out to the Raptors video staff. That was great. And what I love most about the way they cut that was it showed just how connected Kawhi became with the fans there in such a short amount of time. They gave him their once broken hearts. They let his triumphs become theirs. They even schooled him in the ways of horticulture. <laughs> well, when you see him, tell him I got a house swimming. Tell him I love him. I will. What kind of plant is that? Tell him thank you for the shot. What kind of plant is that? It's a plant for Kawhi. It's a Kawhi plant. <laughs> I mean, come on. The fact that Plant Guy actually got to give Kawhi his plant at the championship parade, that will forever be the stuff of legend. It was a brief partnership, but it was a true partnership. And because of that and the championship banner hanging in the rafters over tonight's game, it is a forever partnership that can't be touched by Kawhi leaving or anyone else leaving ever again. So, Scotty, when you look at what Kawhi was able to accomplish what he had with the Raptors, that camaraderie we saw in those glimpses yeah. of the parade. Do you think he made the right choice by going to the Clippers? Or do you think, look, the Raptors have been good, even without him this season, that he should have stayed in the East and defended his title? Well, Rachel, I always believe that free agents is for the player to make a decision that he wants to make. And there's no right or wrong decision. I think he made the right decision, decision that he wanted to mm-hmm. leave and come play here in L.A. around his own family and yeah. his home people. So... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the decision that he made. It's giving some parity into the West, and now we don't know who's going to be in the Western Conference Finals. But I, I, I felt like it was a good decision. Well, I had one of the most amazing summers I've ever seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Not only does he have this incredible playoff run to deliver Toronto the title, the machinations that he executed in that free agency maneuver were as impressive from a player control standpoint as we've ever seen. Yeah. Coming home to Los Angeles, where he obviously wanted to be, mm-hmm. or Southern California, getting the, the the Clippers to make a trade for the player that he wanted, his hand-picked player, not on the team, not even a free agent, right. to make that happen, and to come to a team that is set up to be successful for the long term when we can't predict the future. I thought it was an incredible act, and, I'll, and I would advise everybody ever in the future, never, ever underestimate Kawhi Leonard in anything. This man is special, and he's smart, and he's cunning. And he's a killer. Absolutely. So that's why I think whatever he wanted (laughs) was the right decision. (laughs) I mean, it's such a contrast to the way LeBron came to L.A. just a summer earlier. Maybe LeBron should have done it. He ended up getting his team, but maybe LeBron should have told him who to trade for. Well, there was there was the idea that LeBron and there was speculation and reporting, right, that LeBron was telling the Lakers or that his people were telling the Lakers kind of quietly trade for Kawhi Leonard. Right. That there was those stories of, hey, if you want me to sign, make that deal for Kawhi Leonard. LeBron didn't do any of that. LeBron signed on July 1st. Kawhi waited till 
July 4th. So right. we got everything exactly we wanted. Exactly. So, you know, just a very different thing. You also have to remember that Kawhi's family, as you said, is here in Southern California. His mom is here. Kawhi has two young children. The idea that they're going to get to grow up around their grandma is pretty cool. So I think for him, it was the right call. And the yes. Raptors have shown they're a team without him still. I know they've had a couple losses recently, but they are showing that they are a presence in the East nonetheless. All right, let's get to Hawks Heat. That was last night because things got a little spicy in the fourth quarter. So Trey Young pulled the Vince Carter, guys. He declared, <laughs> it's over, over, when the Hawks <laughs> took a six-point lead with about a minute left to play. Great so pass. look at him. Over. Um, the game, wow. however, should we do like the narrator voice? It was not narrator. <laughs> it was not over. The Heat outscored the Hawks 24 <laughs> to four the rest of the way in an overtime win. After the game, Trey Young tweeted, "Welp," with some emojis there. Jimmy Butler chimed in on Instagram, "Quote: This man, Trey Young, is a teller of the future. He was right. Game was." Over. <laughs> Scotty, do you think Trey regrets the trash talk here? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, especially the way the Miami Heat has been playing late. I mean, you really can't talk trash till the time is expired on the clock because anything could happen as we've seen in the NBA. Number one, on the Heat's court, always be careful saying that a game is over. Absolutely, game and they six. <laughs> certain ring of uh, yes. security guards. They didn't have that last night. Also, the Heat are terrific at home. They're undefeated at home, yep. and they are a kick-butt overtime team this year. They beat Milwaukee in overtime. They beat Toronto in overtime, and then this is a great win. You know, I can I can understand where Trey Young's coming from. Atlanta's had a rough season. They've played better over the last seven to ten days or so, and this would have been a signature win for them to yep. be the first team. But you got to actually get careful to the end careful. of the game okay. to have the win. He's a young player. This kind of stuff. I mean, it. I don't want to discourage him from doing stuff like that. Right. I no, want to keep seeing it. It, it does <laughs> happen. You fun. mentioned how good they are in overtime. I have to think that's at least in part due to the conditioning down in Miami. They make such a big deal about their players being in shape. What else do you like about this Heat team this year, Scotty? Jimmy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jimmy's been on, um, I guess, a, a, a big tour the last few years. He played in Chicago, he's played in Minnesota, but you've seen one thing out of Jimmy. Butler, and that's he's a competitor. He's going to compete night in and night out. And the thing that I love about Jimmy is he lifts his teammates up. Mm-hmm. Every guy, every teammate that he's had, even though he's been to two, three different teams, they all love him. So he has something. I wouldn't say they all love him in Minnesota, but they do love him in Philadelphia. You're absolutely They didn't right. like winning in Minnesota. <laughs> that's why they didn't love him. They wanted individual stats. Jimmy Butler's a winner. He is a winner. Um, you know, he's so valuable in close games. Yes. The Heat have played a lot of close games over the years. A lot of nights they haven't had the, the talent. They've sort of come together and put themselves together. Um, now they have a talent edge at the end of games. And you can see already it makes a difference. These close games, these overtime games, he's making a difference. He hasn't done it every game, but just his presence has really helped them. And look at them right now. They're un, 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 without question one of the biggest success stories in the league. It's so interesting to me when you talk about the teammates, Scotty, because in the places where it hasn't gone well, like Minnesota, there's been the label of he's selfish. And there was some of that in Chicago also. On the court, though, he's one of the least selfish players we have at the star level in the league. His assist throw is up. He doesn't have to be the centered piece of any offense that he's in. He's really encouraged a lot of those young players in Miami, and we saw it in Philadelphia, too, to be themselves. But then, as you say, when it comes time to close – he is able to step up in those close games and get it done. And that is the thing that, frankly, we see big, talented players in this league still not be able to he do. It is thrives, so valuable. He thrives in conflict. 
both in the locker room. <laughs> speaking, to, speaking to a closer over here, we have one ourselves. You, Michael, like when you guys had, you knew that in a close game, you guys could get it done. And that's what they have in Jimmy right now. That's what they do. And you've got to give credit to the whole Miami Heat organization because the way their players play, they play hard. They give themselves a chance to win every game. And they're in those situations. And having a guy like Jimmy Butler there, a guy that's a closer, give them superior confidence, especially down the stretch of games. We will see a lot of the Heat this week. So more on that and more on the, in this show. Coming up, we've got two of the league's top centers facing off. Last night, we got Nikola Jokic versus Joel Embiid. Despite... Down years for each player. We'll talk about who you're more confident in for the rest of the season. First, though, time for our first distant replay. It's this date in 2004, featuring the big fundamental James. Tim Duncan. Watch this, Scotty. You Tim might not believe it. Coast to coast. Oh, with the left, right, also. Oh, and one. Oh, big fundamental, baby. He's no face expression. That was like a slow-mo crossover. You know, um, I thought Pop must have played him out of position all those years. Well, that was... Completely mismanaged. Who was that he crossed over, LeBron? Uh, The Jump is presented by Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. The Maker Miss League. <laughs> oh, Dame, kill him with the wave. Make punctuation. Dame dropped an easy 31 points on 15 shots last night in a win over the Knicks. He had some nasty jab steps, too, though, guys. I don't know. Do you think Lillard's jabs have become more emphatic since he's got Mello as a teammate? Scotty, does that happen? Yeah. Start playing? I, I think they kind of learning each other a little little jab step a little bit. Right? Do you want uh, Dame to be working with Melo on ISO basketball? I'm not sure. I'm just saying it's like when people grow to look like the dog, right? When they like... <laughs> that was some analogy. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Teammates start to rub off on each other. I, I don't know. I, I thought think this is producer Bodmer getting uh, Dame, Dame highlights into the show. I mean, look, anytime he can get some Portland highlights, you know they're getting into the jump. All right, Miss Ringleaders. We had some great circus shots last night. First, Gary Harris. And then Joel Embiid. All right, so which was better, Scotty? Uh, I got to give it to Embiid. Celebration. He he asking for a little more (laughs) cheer from the crowd. (laughs) Embiid had a a luck element. Harris was more skill, so I'm going to go with Harris, but I'm not putting you down, Joel. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, at least. I'm, I'm picking you up, Joel. Oh, there we go. I oh, that was a skill shot. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Threw it back to the basket. Make hot hands. Duncan Robinson going from, let's see, 10 of 14 from three last night. Davis Bertrand shooting eight for 12. Do you think you could get both of them in the three-point contest? I would say what you could get. You could maybe get Davis Bertans on the trade market because uh, <laughs> um, that might be a guy. Why would they deal him, though? Because in the last year of his contract, and he, I know, but he got re-signed. I'm just, you know, not, not to not to hijack the topic. I'm just saying. But what are you getting for him? And like that you're gonna anything. I don't, anything. I think you just keep this whole team together this season. The Wizards? Yes, I love what they're doing. I'm having so much fun watching. This wow. is the most fun I've had watching the Wizards in years. Uh, I'm so sorry, Rach. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm just decided I'm gonna watch them score points. Well, that's just happening. I'll and then there you go. I don't have to worry about defense because they're not. Miss complacency. 
Derek Culver's little brother JJ dropping a hundy, hundred points in an NAIA game. Scotty, what's the most points you ever scored in a game? Well, I played in the NAIA, but I didn't score a hundred points. <laughs> I, I scored forty-seven in my NBA. That's the highest. So, uh, That's pretty good. I was, I wasn't able to do it in the AIA. Yeah, well, he had he made 13 threes and 20 free throws. That scores his uh, efficiency right there. Yeah. That's right. I wasn't able to get that many shots off. This <laughs> yeah, is he not a like shots. jack up, jack up, jack up, jack up. He, he took 60 shots. That's not bad. Still a lot of shots. Right? But hey, we'll never remember how many shots he took. We'll only remember the under points. He scored 100 points. Right. Maybe we'll see him in the NBA like his brother. Make bang outs. Back to Charlotte. Give and go. Bradley Beal. Soaring in for the big slam. He had another big jam against the Hornets last season. Right? This was last year's. Case in point, Rachel. You're enjoying the... I am, this is it. This is all that Wizards fans have right now. Don't take it away <laughs> I'm from not them. taking it away. Their deal's okay. going nowhere. He's fun. They're fun. Bertans They're fun. Is fun. Mm, okay. They're, you know, it's just live life out there. It's like, it's like they're playing the whole season <laughs> drunk. I'm not saying that they're drunk. I'm just saying like the basketball is drunk. Okay. It's oh. just like, hey, go, go do whatever. Uh, Don't worry about getting back to the other end of the court. Maybe that's, that's what they should low. do. They shouldn't even walk. Maybe they shouldn't even go back. They just, just, just save your energy. <laughs> <laughs> One guy goes back <laughs> to like collect the shot after it goes in the basket. That's been brought up before. Up the floor. That's four on five has been brought up before. I'm just saying. The Sixers beat the Nuggets last night. Sixers improving to 13-0 and at home this season. So Joel Embiid, he led the Sixers with 22. Nikola Jokic dropped 15 for the Nuggets. But even though these guys were in the box score, both have seen their scoring decline this season. Scotty, who are you more confident is going to rebound this year, Joel or Jokic? I think Jokic. I, I think that the offense will have to run through them for the – for the Nuggets to be successful. So his his opportunities are going to come. He's going to get his average up. And as the season come, I, I think his energy and his conditioning will, will get better. But not to knock Embiid, M- they're, they're both excellent players. But I think Jokic, for Denver to be successful, has everything to. has to go through him. Right. One of the reasons Embiid's numbers are down is his minutes are down. Yes. They are specifically reducing his load so that he doesn't run out of gas at the end of the season. So I think if they added more minutes, his stats would get back up. I wouldn't focus on those averages. You know, the Nuggets, if I told Mike Malone two months ago they were going to have the number two defense in the league, mm-hmm. he'd have been like, we're going to be 20 and three. Yep. They've got the number 22 offense. And that is really related to their struggles with their most important offensive player, which is Jokic. And frankly, I keep talking about this. He looked terrible in China. And I know that you don't evaluate how a guy looks in August and say that's who he is. He looked terrible in China. He has not looked like himself here. He's just been off. And until he comes back on, I don't know if the, the Nuggets, they're, they're coming off losing five out of six. They just went on a one and three road trip. If he doesn't come back, I mean, it has to be him. Because if he doesn't come back, they're not going to be the team that they thought they were going to be this year. I feel like the Sixers still have more to figure out. I'm still looking for spacing with that team. I'm still wondering if they're going to try to pick up a shooter Davis before Bertans. the trade deadline. Why are you taking my joy? There's like this much joy. There's only this much joy. It's not a lot of joy. And you're just trying to that take I it agree away. With. We're finally in agreement. <laughs> um, yes, whether they're going to pick up someone like him, whether they can do that um, at the deadline. And so I, I just feel like I haven't seen yet what the Sixers are supposed to be. Now, you would say with all the tweaks and changes they've made over the last year and a half, they should be where they're supposed to be already. They shouldn't still be a work in progress. 
But I think they are. So therefore, I'm just not ready to say this is what Joel Embiid's season is like until I see kind of where everything else is going to shuffle out with them. I am worried about Jokic and how lethargic he's looked. But we do know what the Nuggets are supposed to be. So if he yeah. picks it back up, Scotty, to your point... Maybe he just goes off into the races with that. Hope so. Find out. Here's what the jump recommends for today. Ramona Shelburne's piece on how the Knicks' plans fell apart yet again. Once more. Say it again. Firing of David Fisdale, the front office moves that were made during his tenure as head coach. We will discuss all of that and how attractive the Knicks' president job is after the break. Stay with us. One more. Tomorrow is the final day you can bid on shoes from Magic Johnson, Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Trey Young, and so many more athletes, coaches, and celebrities. This is the coolest project. Our producer, Nate Bronson, has been a big part of spearheading this. All of these shoes from all of these big stars signed. You can go bid on them, ebay.com slash vweek. All the proceeds go to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Please go check it out. You'll have some fun. Go shopping. It'll be good. Scotty participated in that last year. Yes, for do sure. Do a little, do a little, we'll see what you can ring up there on the website. It's for such a good cause. All right, welcome back to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, still here indeed with the great Scotty Pippen, with the great Brian the Woodhorst. The great and the as average. As always. I accept it. It's okay. Um, well, everybody's going to look better than this next team I'm going to talk about, Brian, because... <laughs> Speaking of looking for average. Tonight. All right, we've got the 5-20 and 20 Warriors... Versus the four and twenty Knicks, right? The Knicks have lost ten straight, but it's possible. Something's got to give. It's possible <laughs> that they could turn around and win this game. Maybe the Knicks. Maybe if they do, it will be the first win since they've made their coaching change, from moving on from David Fisdale. Something they have yet to speak publicly about because. What you want to do is give a press conference after your 10 games in and nothing's happened, but you don't apparently want to do that after you get rid of the coach. Did you guys know that in the 20 years that James Dolan has owned the team, they have cycled through 12 coaches? Wow. So clearly, um, that's one of the problems. Brian, what else is the other problem? Where did they go wrong this time? You know, they, really, they really did have a plan that I thought was okay this time around. I, I really believed in it. And did you I, really believe in I it? I did think that it was on the right path. I don't know if it would have been successful, but I thought it was on the right path. And where I think they got offline, and they would probably deny it if they were here, was when they believed that they were getting Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And they could pretend like it didn't happen, but there was clearly a moment where last year they said, we think we're getting Durant and we're going to trade Porzingis and we're going to brag about our cap space. And from that moment forward, everything got derailed. And so they, so they, they went for short-term fixes in, in free agency instead of their long-term plan because they had already traded away their best young player, which spread everything up and created more expectations. And I really honestly think the worst thing that ever happened to them was whoever put that bug in James Dolan's ear that they were going to get Durant. That's where this particular group went off. What do you think went wrong? I don't think nobody put that in his ear. I, I just think the Knicks has just been in chaos for a long time. Um, they've been going wrong for a long time. Go back to the Phil Jackson era. This team, other than drafting poor Zingas, there's been nothing positive from the New York Knicks. Like, they can't even get free agents to even come in there and show any interest. Mm-hmm. And to think that they were going to get a Kevin Durant in free agents, how, how could you even be thinking that? And to even put Kevin Durant on this roster, I don't think Kevin Durant would want to play with any of those players because he don't have a chance to win. And to me, the Knicks don't have any leadership. 
And when you don't have any leadership, you don't have one player that's willing to lead your team to want to win, then you're not going to go in any direction but down. I mean, they largely have guys on shortish-term deals. They're not all up at the end of this year. Some are two-year deals. But again, it's hard to feel part of the organization if you feel like you're a placeholder till the summer of 2021. But then, gee, it's hard to feel like they would get another big free agent in the summer of 2021. That's the Giannis year. When we look at what happened last time, and I've had a lot of people sort of stick up for the Knicks in the way of saying, why aren't you guys talking about the fact that Fizdale didn't do a great job as coach? Why is it the Knicks' fault? It's really like talking about someone having a sniffling nose when they also have the bubonic plague and their nose fell off and their leg is rotting. Like, there's bigger issues wow. here. Uh, that was very descriptive. <laughs> but am I wrong? Like, like, I can't even begin to assess the specificity of, of David Fizdale's rotations. Yeah. When I look at the position he was put in, what this roster looks like and how it was put together not only the method but the end result by the way power forwards for everyone and it it just sort of seems like harping on well fizz didn't do this that or the other when he was nick's coach you're just kidding yourselves when you're looking at what the real problem is there this leads to the question why would anybody want to take a job with the new york knicks take a listen here the knicks president job is a good job if you are granted autonomy to hire whoever you want which has not been the case and was not the case for David Griffin. Everyone is going to be like, why would Masai Ujiri take the Knicks job? No, I'm not speaking about Masai specifically, but I think that question dismissing it is ignoring lots of different factors for Masai and any other of these big names. Like, why would you leave such and such great situation? The reason the Knicks job is a great job is A, you'll get paid a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And B, nothing can ever be your fault. It's always, if you come in with the pedigree that the names that we're talking about come in with, you can't lose. You get money. And if the team goes haywire, it's always going to be Dolan's fault. It's never going to be your fault. No one is ever going to not hire you because of your failure with the New York Knicks. If you're one of those guys who comes in with that level of track record. So that was Zach Lowe arguing that this is actually a very attractive job because I think the essence of summary of that is the bar is so very low. Scotty, do you think that the if someone came along and offered you president of the Knicks as a job? I mean, do you think oh, it's an attractive position? You just can't turn that salary down. Right, that's a, right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great salary, but in terms of not having control, you're not going to have a lot of success there. Right. Um, it's, it's a bad job in that sense, is that you're not going to be able to do what you want to do and be successful. But in terms of going to New York and living there and living the best life, <laughs> you can't beat it. It keeps <laughs> happening. We saw David Fisdale had three or four options. Right. He took big money from the Knicks and that job, even though he knew the pitfalls. Donnie Walsh had a, a sterling career in Indiana. Yes. He took the job. Phil Jackson was sitting in retirement, very happy, wasn't looking for anything. He came and took the job. It Because of the nature of the job, it's just attractive. But... I don't know how you could convince yourself that you think that, that something would change that you would believe in. And, but, I, but I promise, if they go hunting for a big-name executive, they may not get their number one pick. They may not get Masai. But if they made that a priority, they would probably get a guy who may have another job right now. I mean, look, Masai Ujiri is the face that we just saw when we were sh- uh, showing Zach's audio. He is certainly the name that has been most brought up and associated. He didn't take a contract extension with the Raptors organization. That sort of got everybody's eyes open. And yes, the money that it would need to take to lure Masai there, the numbers I'm hearing are $15 million, $20 million, right, a year? You know, the thing about it is it wouldn't be necessarily about the money. The Raptors <laughs> if the, you know, the Raptors have a ton of money. Their ownership is, is backed by billion-dollar companies. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't think it would come down to a, a monetary war, although I guess anything is possible. I think it would just come down to what Scotty was saying, which would be the opportunity to come in and there and say, I fixed it. Right. And the other thing is, and this was what would scare me if I was the Raptors, there's nothing else that Messiah can achieve in Toronto. Well, look, for anybody who comes in and possibly takes that job, I think the key is also, do you get, when you say control, do you get to make your own decisions? And on the hockey side, it happens. That's sort of what's kind of so crazy about this every time we talk about James Dolan. He has another team that has been a relative success in the time that he's owned it. And he lets the people who make hockey decisions make hockey decisions. So it's possible. Hold out hope. But the thing it is, you know, happen. when you talk to people in New York, they will say that it's not as bad with Dolan as, as, they, as everybody says it is. But at the same time, the evidence is just... I, I, I can only look at, at the results. No. I can only look at what's happening. And what's happening is that team has lost 10 straight, and they're 4-20 and 20 going into tonight's game. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kawhi Leonard making his first return to Toronto tonight. How should he be welcomed by the fans? How should he be compared to other Raptors greats? We'll discuss all of that next. Stick with us. Welcome back to The Jump, fueled by Marathon. Hey, you should watch SportsCenter. It's on at 6 o'clock Eastern after PTI with Sage and Kevin. They'll talk which NFL head coaches are on the hot seat. SportsCenter on ESPN and the ESPN app. Tonight, top teams go at it in our NBA Wednesday doubleheader. This is going to be good. Clippers take on the Raptors at 7 o'clock Eastern. This is Kawhi's return to the 6. And then the Streaking Bucks host the Pelicans, both games on ESPN and the app. Here's a little something to remind you at home of Kawhi's time in Toronto. Take a look. I'm a fun guy. Obviously, I love the game of basketball. I just can't give you a whole spiel. <laughs> game series! Toronto has won! I want to win championships, getting those record books. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? You are family. This city and this country love you. That's what we say. Thank y'all. Enjoy this moment and have fun with it. Ha, 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 ha. Scotty Pippen, that is called having the last wow. laugh if I ever heard it, yes, right? Yes, it is. Woo. Sure. Welcome back. Kawhi Leonard back in Toronto tonight where he will receive his championship ring. Scotty, they're going to do a whole ceremony for him. We saw a little clip at the top of the show, a part of the video they're going to play for him. Do you think he's going to get a standing ovation tonight? For sure. Not in the love, right? He should get right? escorted in from the airport. <laughs> yes, escorted in. He should get the red carpet all the way to his hotel room <laughs> and to the court. Yeah. I mean, this guy did what every player wants to do. You want to come, you want to win and conquer. And that's what he did. And there's no, it can't be any bad blood between him and those fans there because he delivered something that they wanted for a long time. Yeah, Brian, I was trying to figure out. So we were talking about, is he the greatest player in Raptors history despite only being there for a season? And the paradigm is kind of like this, right? Take LeBron James, arguably one of the top three players ever. But is he the best Laker ever? You would say no, right? Because even though he is probably the best player to put on a Laker uniform, he's not the best Laker, not yet with what he's done. So is Kawhi the best Raptors yes. player ever yes. or the best player to ever put on a Raptors uniform? Yes. Everything. Both. <laughs> you know, I've, been, I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of guys who have won championships. Now, this guy won six of them. 
it's a little bit harder for him. But for these team, to, for him to have the perspective on this, because these teams that win one, right? It is so damn hard to win one yep. when you don't have two of the greatest fifty players of all time and you win six, right? But. And I am a firm believer, and I have preached this in Cleveland, and I really don't think that in Cleveland they get it. The, you should celebrate that championship like you're celebrating a momentous event in the history of the city. Portland is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. If you go talk to somebody who's 25 years old in Portland, and you say the spirit of 76, they will know what that is, even though they were nowhere around mm-hmm. in 76 when they won. This, 77. Sorry, spirit of seventy-seven. Seventy-nine. Um, so my point about Toronto is they need to celebrate this 2019 championship forever, and that means to me, Kawhi's number goes in the rafters. Nobody wears that number again. And tonight, one season, and he goes in the rafters. I don't. Yes. I don't even sure. think it's a debate. It's mm-hmm. not even a debate. Put it in the rafters. No statue, but put it in the rafters and start the celebration of that 2019 glorious moment tonight and remember him forever and cheer him standing ovation every time he plays there the rest of his career. Well, Kawhi said at shoot around, he expects some booze here and there. I do not expect any booze here or there. Canadians are both too classy, too nice, and too smart to do anything right, like right. that. He will be celebrated. I do want to talk a little more, though, about the guy who brought Kawhi to Toronto in the first place. We started this conversation in the last segment. Masai Ujiri has two years left on his contract. According to Ramon, uh, reporting from Ramona Shelburne and Woj today, there has been no discussion on an extension, but it's possible Toronto ownership could offer him an extension in 2020 that expands his responsibilities and compensation. So, Brian, what do you think is Masai's future with the Raptors? If you had to call it now, is he still in Toronto in two years? If Masai wanted to sign an extension this afternoon, it would be signed by tonight. Yes. Um, he obviously could have left last year for Washington and didn't. Had he, he could have named his price last year and didn't. There's a reason why he's saving it. He wants to see how things go in Toronto. Mm-hmm. This season's already going better than I think anybody thought, maybe yeah. even him. Um, he, what, he, what he is saying is his contact is through 2021 and he will serve that contract out. I would be concerned about this if I was the Raptors. I would be preparing for contingency plans if he decides he wants to leave. But again, while you'd never want to see him go, he has absolutely given Toronto everything they possibly could. And if he comes to you and says, I want to go, I would say, Masai, we respect you enough that we will allow you to leave. But if you'd like to sign an extension, we'd be love to give you one right now as well. So much money. So very yes. much money. What do you think? Should he stay in a place where obviously, I mean, he built that program. He I mean, built- based on how this team is playing this season and knowing that they only lost one very important player, um, I, I still think he has some life there. And I think that if he could plug a good piece in that, there's still some success for that team there in Toronto. I'm not saying that they can win another title, but they can maybe make it back to the NBA Finals. I mean, look, there's always luck involved in any championship, right? We've shown that shot, Game 7 shot from Kawhi. It takes a slightly different bounce. They're out in the second round. It's a completely different conversation. That being said, your front office can put you in the position to succeed. And we have seen the difference over and over again. And I feel like even more so in the past five years than maybe in previous years of what a difference a smart front office has made. And the fact that Mazzai Ujiri rolled the dice, trading away DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi, a move that was not popular initially to begin with, the way he's positioned the team even after Kawhi's departure to be successful. The contract extension with Kyle Lowry actually gives them more flexibility to keep him or trade him, the way he's managed those contracts. He is an asset for any team that would want him. And off the court, too, 
he has this Giants of Africa program that has made a huge difference in not just people's lives in Africa, but in the NBA's life. We have seen this pipeline now into the league of a way of pl- discovering players with these huge talents and, and, and sort of exposing the NBA and improving and diversifying the NBA through a partly of his efforts. Wow. And the fact that he has asked the Raptors to make a big financial investment as part of him staying there and that the idea would be if he went to the Knicks or some other team, he would also ask them for that. To me, shows a little bit about what kind of person Masai Ujiri is, that he's not just taking the money for himself, that he's giving it back true, but in so m- many I would tell you, in the, in the environment of the NBA where money is generally boundless... It's a lot of money. Money will not be a factor in Masai's decision. It is, there's he just can so go much money. Where he can go, whether it's for his foundation or whether it's for him. So, so much Don't money. Don't go to New York. <laughs> Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks because they are riding a 15-game winning streak. Our Maria Taylor sat down with reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo to ask him about the key to that streak. Take a listen to what he said. We haven't relaxed. I think we've stayed humble uh, throughout the winning streak. I think uh, guys come in, you know, focus and uh, to get the job done. It doesn't matter if we play a bad team or if we play a good team. Everyone come in, do what we do. Execute our game plan, uh, and obviously we have fun. Like I, don't, I haven't been a part of a team that have so much fun and uh, have s- such a great atmosphere around the team. Obviously, when you win, it's easier. But even when we lose, then we're having fun too. Kind of interesting that you said he didn't have this much fun even last year. Now, the tick, though, is that Giannis is not going to play tonight against the Pelicans. Soreness in his right quad. So, Scotty, do you think that streak is in jeopardy? Or you look at this Pelicans team, should the Bucks be able to beat them anyway? I, I think they should be able to beat them. But, you know, Giannis brings so much to the table. So, you, you got to say they're in a little bit of trouble because they're so comfortable with him being on the court, making plays, doing things. But... You should be the team that's below 500 when you're playing at home, and it's as good as the Bucks are. Yeah, the Bucks are a terrific uh, all-around team. One thing I would say about them, and one of the reasons why they're on this win streak is because the way they're designed really, really fits Giannis. Mm-hmm. They complement him defensively and offensively, so you take out that linchpin. It can, it can be a little bit of an issue. I would worry about them if they were playing two, three weeks without him one night. I think they'll be able to continue. I mean, he sat a lot of fourth quarters, so they've had some reps playing oh, yeah. <laughs> without him. And they're playing a team that's young enough in some places that they might get overconfident facing the Bucks without Giannis. We see that happen, right, where a team is facing a team without a star, and they think, oh, we should, we're going to have an easier time. And then they come out kind of flat sometimes. Yeah, I mean, when you play against a team like a Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. you're used to guarding them with Giannis out on the court. They're going to beat you by committee tonight. They're going to be very hard to defend. Well, we'll see what happens. The Pelicans have a chance to prove everyone wrong and see what they can do. Coming up, we're going to talk about James Harden because that's another game going on tonight. He's facing the third worst defense in the league, so we're going to set the over-under for him to score at Vinny! Vinny! <laughs> Next in, out, league pass, game of the night. You can compare your bet with the guys up at this table. First, though, time for our second distant replay of the day. This one is from this date in 2009, featuring Corey Brewer. Not for a lack of effort. Dish in the middle. Oh. Oh. He, he oh, always had explosive athleticism. <laughs> So fish was well, how about an M1? Didn't know he was there. Is this guy still in the league? No. He, not anymore, no. Last season. This was it, huh? No, no, no. He, 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 he hung out for a long time. Yeah. 
I know it is minutes away, and Pablo and I will discuss if Urban Meyer could take over the Cowboys. Will Raptors fans boo Kawhi Leonard tonight? Our team's targeting Lamar Jackson's legs. And Jalen Rose's hairline. Stay tuned. What's the big deal about hairlines? Huh? Anybody ever asked that? Like, why are y'all so impressed by that? No. The Jump is presented by Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. Hey, look, Saturday, it's UFC 245 in Las Vegas featuring three title fights. Producer Steve says I can't say it's the 245th anymore. I'm supposed to be cool and say it's 245. But 245 times they've done this. That's <laughs> remarkable. And you can see it. The main event on pay-per-view starts at 10 o'clock Eastern. You can order the main card in English and Spanish. Go to ESPNPlus.com slash pay-per-view. And on Friday, hey, look, we're live in Miami. There will be special guests. I can't tell you who they are right now. It's like a state secret. But trust me, one of them's a legend. Scotty, you played against him for many years. I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's talk about the Celtics, though. Jason Tatum and the Celtics, and I would say unexpectedly strong start. There's something good. We didn't know they would be quite this good entering the season. Second best record in the East. Tatum is averaging 21 points, seven rebounds, three assists. And when asked about his chances of making the All-Star game, he said this. It's a big deal. Only 24 people get to make the All-Star team every year. It's not easy. It's the best of the best. Even hearing that I have a chance to make it this year is good. So, Scotty, does Tatum have a real shot at making his first All-Star team? Oh, yes. I mean, the fact that they're on the second team in the East, and he's playing great, uh, averaging 22 points and have a lot of versatility. I think this has been a great breakout year, not having Kyrie around. He's getting more freedom out on the basketball court. And, you know, you look at the Boston Celtics, they may have two or three players going there, to the All-Star Are they going to split game. votes? I mean... So, uh, if Tatum gets in, it would, in my opinion, he'd be the third Celtic because I think Kemba Walker and I think Jalen Brown are deserving. And Hayward has been spectacular. Been. Uh, he may get in because right. here's the thing. Look at the Eastern Conference All-Star situation. It is shaky. <laughs> um, so, you know, does Kyrie get voted in? You know, how does that whole thing work? So, I think Tatum has a case, but I would say that he's not – my top Celtic, or maybe my top two Celtic. And it's not an insult to him. It's just the other guys on this team have done really well. Right. I mean, look, it's going to be a lot of better injury, too. Like, Kyrie's not playing. He's not going to get voted in. If Hayward is able to stay on the court, and now that he's come back from this later energy, and, uh, injury, and obviously they're not the same position, but you know what I mean. Like, some of these are going to yes. be a factor in a lot of these All-Stars. I want to get to our League Pass game of the night, because it is... Rockets at Cavaliers, 7 o'clock Eastern. James Harden averaging 38 points per game. You know, we got that bet going here at the jump between Tracy McGrady and Zach Lowe. T-Max says James is going to average 40 or more. Zach says less, and dinner is on the line. Mm. Well, the Cavaliers might influence things in T-Max's favor tonight because they're ranked 28th in defensive efficiency. Harden dropped 60 and 59. When he faced the bottom and 29th ranked team, now he's facing the 28th ranked team. Brian, what is going to happen when your hometown Cleveland Cavaliers host James Harden? I think the question is, is he going to play long enough to get to 50? Is the game going to be over before he gets to 50? If he plays regular minutes, I think there's a really good shot of it. The Cavs have some internal challenges right now. Um, Kevin Love is in a bad place, I think, with the organization, so... If he gets a full game, if the Cavs can somehow hang in it, I think he gets the 50. 
I don't think he need a full game. I think he can get it by halftime. He realized he's not playing the full game. Yep. I expect him to go for 50 in the first half. Well, uh, when he got 60. Now that would be something. When he got 60, he didn't play the fourth quarter. So he knows, knows that if he's if they're up by a lot, Mike D'Antoni's going to pull him. So he's got to get his in. He Gotta knows. Got to go get that money. Got to go, you know. He, they just don't have any option to guard him. And the, the, the perimeter players they have are kind of undersized. He, and they're young. Uh, it's going to be a rough night <laughs> in Cleveland. <laughs> we shall see. I mean, look, Scotty, when he was pulled out of that game, uh, he would sat for the fourth quarter. I said that I understood it was the responsible thing to do. It was the right thing to do in terms of sportsmanship. It was the right thing in terms of preserving James' health. And yet, I wanted to see him in. Be irresponsible. What about the fans? Let him right. go for 80. You J.J. Culver played guys 100 points. Now that we're talking about that, the night I had 47, they pulled they me pulled in the third. They pulled you, too. See? So there I didn't you go. play in the fourth. You could have gotten your yeah. career never recovered. Exactly. Yeah, it's never been recall. a nightmare for him the entire time. Never know what it Thank feel you like for joining us. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I know. These guys, George we're back on ESPN on tomorrow. We'll see you at 3 o'clock Eastern. <laughs>